Hey there, I'm Nanzea, and this is Market Scale Grow, a podcast created for ambitious teacherpreneurs looking to have a bigger impact on the world, achieve freedom, flexibility, and ultimately make more money. With weekly strategy sessions and inspiring stories from fellow teachers just like you, my goal here is to help you create a customized marketing strategy so you can grow your teacher business beyond your wildest dreams. Okay, so before we jump into the episode, I am super excited to share a brand new freebie with you. It's my targeting ideas for Facebook ads. If you've dabbled in Facebook ads or you've done them and you've tried them and you're just looking for some fresh inspiration for your audiences, this freebie is for you. I share my top Facebook ad targeting groups for you so that you can have inspiration and find those people that are perfect for what you have to offer. From warm audiences to cool lookalike audiences to cold interest-based audiences, I cover all three in this freebie. Head to marketscalegrow.com forward slash audiences to grab your copy today. Today, I am speaking with Marissa Rader from the Self-Care Haven. She is a former teacher who found a love for supporting other teachers throughout her own process of self-discovery. On the verge of burnout and being ready to leave the profession, it was then that Marissa decided that there had to be a way to overcome the intense feelings and stress of being a teacher. Throughout the next two years, she was determined to create a happy life framework that would benefit more women than just herself. Throughout this journey, the self-care haven was developed. It is an online community where women come for support and personal development. Marissa has also started coaching women on how to create the life they have always dreamed of through the process of discovering the best version of themselves. Marissa is actually a client of mine and I love working with her. We had such a good time laughing and chatting for this interview. So I really hope that you feel inspired by Marissa and that you love the story of her journey as much as I do. So let's jump in. Okay. Welcome to the podcast, Marissa. How are you today? I am fantastic. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so glad that we get to have this chat. Do you want to start out by telling people who you are, where you're from, what you do? Absolutely. So I am Marissa Rader. I am a farm wife from Northwest Iowa, and I am also a former teacher turned business owner, and we're just kind of living our best life in the middle of nowhere. (laughs) I love that. I wish I lived in the middle of nowhere. I keep trying to convince my husband that we should move. So you're not in the classroom anymore, right? No, I left the classroom um, a few weeks before school started this year. What did you teach before? I taught kindergarten and um, first grade, a multi-age room for a number of years. I dabbled in interventions for a year and then went back to a full-on just kindergarten, straight kindergarten class for my last year in the classroom. I love kindergarten. They're so cute. They are. They're just all little babies. And by the end of the year, you're just like, they've grown so much. I, I know it's like that with every grade, but there is something about how tiny they are when they come in as kindergartners to them leaving. And oh, it just like melts my heart to think of how much growth they see that year. 
So did you start your teacherpreneur journey before leaving the classroom or after? I did start it before. I was um, a mom of two under the age of two. They were about 16 and a half months apart and um, planned that way. Actually, I might be insane, but I also taught kindergarten. So I figured if I do 25 of them all day, like what's two more at home? (laughs) That was literally my thought process. And I couldn't have been more wrong. (laughs) It was insane. But I just found myself in this place where I was just kind of lost. I was a mom, I was a wife, and I was a teacher, but what else was I? I didn't I didn't have anything that was just for me. I showed up every day at school and, and gave my best for my students, and I would come home and give my best for my kids until bedtime. And then and then what? I just felt like I was losing myself. And so a coworker of mine was like, hey did you see that people are starting to blog about teaching and, and they're creating these online stores and selling resources? I was like, no, had no idea. And uh, she encouraged me to like dabble in it. And um, I didn't, I've never told anyone this before, but she mentioned that to me on a Thursday and on Saturday I bought my domain and like started a teacher's pay teacher store. (laughs) Like I just went all in. That's so you though, like knowing you going all in is that is, yeah, that is you in a, in a nutshell. <laughs> oh my gosh. Which I don't always know if that's a good thing or not, but in this instance it was, um, and it was very much a hobby at first, you know, and just like any other adventure that you go on, it was a lot of trial and error and just looking at what other people were doing and trying to, you know, like mimic it because no one was really teaching you how to do it at that point yet. There weren't courses, there weren't memberships, there was there was nothing to aid me in it. And everybody just kept telling me like, oh, go to the conference. Like you'll meet other people, you'll make connections and things like that. And so um, I kind of fell off the wagon here and there, you know, I would work really hard at it for two or three months. And then all of a sudden it'd be like three months would go by and I'd be like, Oh my gosh, I have a business. It wasn't really business. It was still a hobby at that point, but I kept teaching. And, um, eventually I got to the point about a year and a half into my, to my journey of hobbiness that I was like, you know what? I love teaching but it came down to the fact that I really loved the feeling I got from teaching. It wasn't necessarily the teaching itself. And the system um, is, is very broken, in my opinion. And I just wasn't seeing myself doing that for the next 30 years. I just had no desire to stay in a classroom for that long. But I also didn't really want to be an administrator or anything else either. I just had this overwhelming desire to, to do it my way. <laughs> And that won't surprise people either that know me that I say that because I've kind of been that way my whole life. I want to do it my way and I'm, it can be a huge character flaw, but I've learned to harness it in, in a positive way. And it has led me to having the business that I, that I have today and um, allowed me to eventually leave teaching and, and pursue my dreams, which is really exciting. Yeah, that is really exciting. Um, I'm really happy for you that you're, you're here and you've manifested your life Um, because I know it's a huge shift that we're going to talk about. How has it changed since you started that teachers pay teachers store to where you are today? Absolutely. So when I started my teachers pay teachers um, store, we kind of talked about this before we started recording, but I was in my doctor's office 
telling him like, I have insane anxiety and I don't think it's just normal motherhood anxiety, you know, like all new moms are nervous and we've just added a new baby and all these things. And he was like, well, tell me a little bit about it. And I think I spoke like two sentences and he was like, you're suffering from postpartum anxiety. And it was at that exact same time that I was starting my teachers pay teacher store, you know, it all happened. It's it's all kind of a blur when I look back on it now. Like I was in a place where I couldn't even, like, I don't even remember. I like, I don't remember having fun with my kids. I don't remember playing with my kids. The very first like memory I have of like doing something fun with my kids was buying my website and setting it up while my six month old played next to me. And that was when I was like, clarity started started coming and it it came in the form of this teacherpreneur business and I had no idea what an impact it was going to make. Um, it led me on a personal development journey like none other. And I mean, okay, so my youngest, she was six months when it started. She's four now. I guess she's my middle kid now. She's not even my youngest. She was my youngest at the time, but she is four now. So in three and a half years, which seems like kind of a long time, but it really isn't. I've gone from being like stressed out, anxious all the time, not even remembering memories with my kids, which is heartbreaking. But now all of a sudden we are literally living our best life. Like you said, I mean, I am working from home. My kids are downstairs currently playing with our nanny in the basement. And in between my things, I go down and I play with them. I got to play three games of Yahtzee with my middle girl this morning before our day even started, because that's the life that we've built now. And it all stemmed from, from this teacher, teacher business that I created, which is amazing. And I just love it. And I love, I recommend it to everybody. I'm like, everybody should do this. (laughs) If you're a teacher and you're not happy with what you're doing, but you love the feeling that you get from like helping others, like this could be it for you. It could change your life. Absolutely. Um, Your business has grown from just a TPT store. So what else do you do? Absolutely. So I deemed last year, my last year of teaching in about October, I set the goal that I was going to be done. I originally had a five-year plan and I was on year two of it. And there was just something inside me that was like, this is going to be it. This is going to be my last year in the classroom. And this is pre-pandemic. I mean, this was before we knew any crazy was going to go on. And uh, so I started thinking, what do teachers really need? Well, I can't really change the system on my own. I can make efforts to do it, but that's a long-term, that's a long-term thing. And what can I do right now to help teachers? And so I started by creating a mobile app and a course that really focused on helping teachers take care of themselves and their mental health. Teachers that were finding themselves in the same place I was, I wanted to in turn help them with it. And so I started with that and grew into a a membership, a coaching business. And so now a lot of my clients are teachers, but now I'm a life coach and focus on all sorts of things, but mainly self-care and creating a, creating a lifestyle for people out of self-care instead of it just being like random activities, like society tells us it is. It's so much more than that. And and yeah, so my, it's crazy. I started making math activities for teachers to use in their classroom. And now, and I mean, we're talking in like 
a year and a half, this has all gone down. Like it has progressed that quickly, which is so cool when you think about it. <laughs> I don't think I know anyone else. Well, maybe I do. Then they just don't tell me about it. That has an app though. So can you tell us more about your app? Yes, absolutely. So when I started, I was not drinking any water because let's go there. Teachers don't have time to pee. So I wasn't drinking water. I was not being mindful. I would tell, I didn't even remember parts of my kid's childhood, like their first couple of years of life, because I was just so like ah, frazzled all the time. And so I started using mindfulness apps. I started using um, uh, an app that tracked my water I don't want to throw them under the bus, so I'm not going to say their name, but um, if you like track it and it would get angry at you if you tracked more than eight ounces at a time, like it would be like, whoa, 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 you're drinking too much at once. And I was like, I'm a teacher. This is just when I'm tracking it. Like I drank it all day, you know? And so I was like, gosh, dang, like quit making it like it was like counterproductive. It wasn't really helping me. And I found a lot of apps were like that. They were too robust. They had too many options. I could never, you know, I was paying $50 a year for this one. And I was paying $10 a year for this one and $5 a month for this one and whatever else. And I just got really frustrated that I was not able to use them appropriately and to the max capacity because there were too many of them. I just wanted something that was going to help me plan my day, track my stuff, and help me be mindful and possibly serve as a notes taking app or a journal all in one place. So I didn't have to go to all seven or eight apps that I was currently using on my phone. And so I searched and I searched and there was nothing, absolutely nothing. And so I went to bed that night and at three in the morning, I like shook my husband who I think suffers from narcolepsy. So waking him up is not like it's not an easy thing. The fact that I woke him up in the middle of the night is like insanity. I'm surprised he even woke up. He was like, what is the matter? He thought I was dying. And I was like, no, I have this idea. (laughs) I'm going to create a mobile app that does all of these things that are frustrating me right now. And he was like, I'm sure that's already out there. No, I just spent the last three hours researching and there's nothing. I can't find a single one that does everything that I want it to. And he was like, okay, well, you work on that. That and sounds she, like such a husband thing. Like, yeah. okay, I'm going back to sleep now. Exactly. But he knew the next morning he woke up and he was like, so what's this going to cost? And I was like, I don't know yet. I haven't done the research. <laughs> and within two weeks, I'd hired a tech company and I was on my way to meet with them. Um, it was like an eight hour drive. And we got in the car, we drove down there. We left my kids with my parents and dropped me off at this tech company. And I went in and they said, this is what I want to do. And they said, okay, when do you want to start? Right now. (laughs) Five months later, the pandemic hit and um, I had an app (laughs) that allowed me to track all the things and do all the stuff that I wanted it to give me my daily affirmations. Do it does all the things. And it was just amazing. And yeah, it was, it was a fun process. It's still evolving, but (laughs) it's a good starting place anyway. Yeah. Nice. I'm that's so exciting. Um, like I said, I don't think I know anyone else who has an app and that's so cool that you just, I want to do this and it's going to do these things and it's happening. We're doing it right now. 
Yes. I spent the first week of it trying to convince the tech guy at work that he should learn to create an app so that I could just pay him to do it. And he was like, I don't have the skills for this. You mean like the tech guy at school? Yeah. (laughs) I love that. Can't you just quick learn to code? He's like, no, I can't learn to code. I'm like, you teach my kindergartners how to do it. He's like, on on an app that does it for me. I love this. <laughs> this is how my brain functions, you guys. Like you're gonna leave this podcast episode being like, this woman is insane, but I just don't know how to take no for an answer. That's all. Like I get an idea, and if I know I have really good intuition and really good common sense. And so if it feels good and I I just I get these feelings and my husband has learned to trust them. Like he he thought I was crazy the first few times. And when I quit my teaching job, I was like, you just have to trust me. I said, I have this feeling or like when I would spend money on my business, trust me. Like I have this feeling and every time it, it worked out the way, way it needed to. And so now he's just slowly learned to, to trust me, but I also have anxiety like we talked about. And so Um, I have this innate thing where when I taught, it looked like I was flying by the seat of my pants and the teacher across the hall kept telling me like, gosh, how do you do it? I don't know. And three years into us co-teaching or like teaching together, she was like, I know how you do it. She's like, you've thought about every possible thing that could go wrong already in your brain before you do something. So you can just move to the next thing. She's like, it's how your brain works. (laughs) And so I think that's it. I think my anxiety, I turned it into a superpower. (laughs) That's a really interesting way to look at it because my brain does the same thing. These are all the possible things that could go wrong. And then when the scenario happens, because eventually one of the things I think about will happen, it's just probability, right? So, but when it happens, I've already thought the seven steps that need to happen after that happens I've never thought of it as a superpower before. <laughs> oh, it's a superpower. And I, I think we need to normalize that because <laughs> we can't be the only ones that have anxiety. <laughs> no, no way. There's no way. It's not just the two of us. I have to say too, though, that yes, your intuition and yes, you have these feelings, but you also, because Marissa and I work together. So you also have a drive and a really strong work ethic that follows up on those intuitions. And so when something isn't working the way that you want it to, you go into action right away and you make the changes that need to happen and you follow through on what you're doing. So it's not like you're just sitting there like, oh, I feel like it's going to work. And then <laughs> you you put the work and the effort and the drive, you have that drive behind it. I need to, you need to give yourself credit for that too. Well, thank you. <laughs> I, I, I just forget that. You know what I mean? Like for me, that's just normal. I'm married to a farmer. Let's go there. He's one of the hardest working people I have ever met. And so I am lazy compared to him. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? And so I like, I, it just seems like normal to me. So I, I tend to forget that sometimes. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. Um, so Beyond the app, how else do you help teachers who are feeling that burnout and overwhelm? Yes, absolutely. So I have a membership and the membership really focuses on like teaching them to make themselves a priority, um, finding their best self, you know, identifying who that is, how to get there, and then what steps they need to, to, to put in place to become that person or to keep getting 
And it's not like an overnight thing. It's not like, oh, I want to be this person tomorrow. I'm going to wake up and I'm going to be her. It's the mindset that, yes, I have the ability to do that, but it's also knowing that you only have to get 1% better each day and just moving along that direction as long as you're putting one foot in front of the other each day. And so I have just built this framework that allows teachers to still show up in the classroom and be the best teacher that they can be, but also show up for themselves and their families and the other people that they love. Um, there's a, a guy I follow on Instagram. His name is Brock Johnson. He's a marketing Instagram marketing guru. And he has, um, and this wasn't his original idea, but this is where I learned it from. He has a one inch by one inch paper inside his pocket that he literally laminated with packing tape, but it's got the names of the people on it that are most important to him in his day. And so if it's, if it's not their opinion, he doesn't let it bother him. If it's, if it's something that's going to come in the way of him showing up for the people on that paper, then it's not important, you know, and it's not that it's not important, but he has his values on this one inch by one inch paper that really allows him to inform his decisions of what he's going to do each day. If it's not his fiance, if it's not his parents, if it's not his sister, you know, that are on his, his paper, then he knows that he, it's okay to say no, it's okay to set boundaries with it and different things like that. And so just allowing teachers to do, to do that same thing, because um, a lot of teachers that I work with are building their own businesses on top of grow, you know, they're growing their families, they're growing their businesses, and they're trying to navigate teaching in a crazy world that we're living in currently. And that's enough to break a person. I mean, quite honestly, there would be no shame in just being like, I can't do it anymore. But giving women the tools to show up for themselves is allowing them to do all of these things at once. I mean, I look back on the last year, I was developing an app. I was creating a course. I was teaching full-time in a global pandemic from my kitchen with zero help because you couldn't bring anybody into your house to watch your kids. I had three kids under the age of four while I was teaching kindergarten from home. And my husband was farming because farming didn't shut down. Let's go there. He works with cattle. There were, <laughs> we weren't worried about COVID with them. And so I was doing all of that. And I was in the best place of my life. I was the calmest I'd ever been. I was the happiest I had been. And it was because I had this solid framework that I continued to use every day. And so that's what I help teachers with, because I think that that's important that they, that they have that foundation. It's not just random activities here and there that are going to make them feel good in the short term. It's how do I create a lifestyle out of it? Absolutely. I, Going back just a little bit, love the idea of that piece of paper. Right? I was like mind blown by it. It's like, that's genius. You can absolutely, in most cases, I would say, write your the most important people or the most important things in your life on a, that tiny little piece of paper. And just everything needs to come through that filter. Yeah. Yes. Exactly. So I, I, that was one of those like earth shattering, like something so simple can make such a huge impact on, on your life. And then my, I don't want you to give away, like obviously all of your secrets, but how do you juggle everything? What would be like your number one tip of keeping your life balanced with everything? 
Yes. So um, I'm actually talking about that on my podcast this week, which is amazing. So I will share the same three tips with your audience as I did with mine. There are three things to creating a lifestyle out of self-care. And the first one is that you need to identify like your core desired feelings or your values. You need to know who you are and what's important to you before you can even start the journey. And so for me, um, when I talk about core desired feelings, because I don't feel like that's something that a lot of people have heard of, but that's how you want to feel at the end of each day. So for me, I want to feel calm and at peace. I want to feel like I loved and was loved by the people who are most important to me in my life that I showed up for my clients because that's, that's important to me that I show up and, you know, respect and have humility for them and, you know, integrity and things in my business. So I want to feel like I did that every day. And, um, there's just a few others that I want to feel, but I've had to identify that because then my decisions all day long. Oh, and I want to feel productive. That's another one that I really need to throw out there because I started making my bed after I identified my core desired feelings, because that makes me feel productive right away when I start my day. So there you go. I mean, something as simple as that not only makes me feel better every time I walk in my room throughout the day, but it also gives me that desired feeling that I want to feel at the end of the day to start my day. So um, same with playing a game with my kid this morning. I want to her to feel loved by me and I want to feel loved by her at the end of every day. So starting our day with three board games was just what we needed today. And so you can base your decisions on how, how you want to feel at the end of the day. If it's going to cause you to be overwhelmed when you go to bed, set a boundary. And that's the next thing is you have to be able to set boundaries. You have to be able to say no. You have to protect your time, your energy, and your your space. It's, it's not selfish. It is something where our society has glorified um, being busy and go, go, going and being able to do it all and be it all. And a lot of people look at my life and think like, gosh, she does everything. How does she manage it all? I have cut out um, volunteering at my church in their tech department. In the last year, I have cut out um, doing all sorts of things. You know what I mean? Like if it wasn't in alignment with how I wanted to feel at the end of the day and my values, and it wasn't like a permanent, I'm done doing this. This is a, where I'm at right now. I can't handle any more when I can, I'll come back, you know, and that's okay too. That's a boundary that you're okay to set. Um, and then the last thing is that you have to schedule it. Self-care goes out, out the door. It's the first thing to go. I don't have time. I, I already have a to-do list. that's not getting done. Why would I add this to my plate? But if you schedule it in, so like one of my clients right now, I've been using her as an example a lot lately, but she's focusing on her nightly routine. Her purpose of her nightly routine is to make her morning self happy. And so what she does at night sets her morning up for success. She picks out her clothes. She makes sure that her lunch is already packed. She's got five kids and she's a teacher. Like mornings I can only imagine are hectic. So her PM routine isn't even just like, journaling and meditating and doing all these things. Like it doesn't have to be that it can be things that you're already going to do. You just do it in a strategic way and have it scheduled into your day so that in the morning, you're not like throwing in bags of chips and processed fruit snacks. (laughs) 
<laughs> because that's all you had time to grab. You know, if you did it the night before, you can set yourself up for success the next day. You can have your water bottle filled. You can have healthy snacks in your lunchbox. You know, it's just, a, it's a different approach to things you're already doing. And so it doesn't add to your to-do list. It just is going about it in a different way. Awesome. Those are so helpful. And I love the idea of setting your morning up for success because I always feel like my mornings are a little bit more hectic than I would like them to be. So I'm going to start to think through how I can implement that in my, in my life. Right. Well, and that was, that was always my thing too. Like I would wake up, I would rush to get ready and rush to get the kids in the car. I'd rush to get to work. I would be going in the door of the school at eight o'clock when I had to be there. And I was rushing to prepare for when my kids got there. And once I started putting solid systems and routines and schedules in place, it completely changed the dynamic of my entire day because I was no longer letting life dictate what I was doing. I was able to be more reactive or I was able to be more prepared and not just reactive because I had taken care of some of that stuff prior to, to that day, even starting. The thing I've noticed too, with kids, I guess maybe I lived 30 some odd years of my life without kids. And now I've only lived two years with kids, but everything takes so much longer with them. So I think, okay, well, we have to be at the appointment by 10 o'clock. It takes 15 minutes to drive there. So at 22, I'll start getting ready. But then the kids, it takes 15 minutes to get them out of the door. And then we're, we're rushing and we're late, right? So I, I have that struggle that I'm still trying to figure out of how long it actually takes to get kids ready. And my mind and my body haven't adjusted to that. So taking care of some of the things the night before would help with that franticness of getting out the door and figuring things out. Forget that kids are just take forever. Yes. No, it took my husband and I a long time to adjust to that too. And he's constantly, he's notorious for coming in the door 15 minutes before we need to leave for somewhere. And he still has to shower and like get ready himself. And I'm still trying to get three kids out the door and get the diaper bag packed and all this stuff. And so I found that if I just did that ahead of time, you know, the night before church or whatever it is that we're planning on doing the next day, then it made the transition to the car a little. One last thing. (laughs) So coming back to the focus of my podcast is marketing. Yes. How are you currently marketing your business? Oh my God. That's. That's a great question. So right away, marketing was the hardest thing for me, actually. Like that is not in my wheelhouse at all. I don't, I I don't, I'm not salesy. You know what I mean? Like my brain doesn't work in a sales kind of way. Even I'm just like, I buy stuff all the time. I'm a good consumer, but I'm not the best at marketing stuff. I know I really am, (laughs) but, um, so I started off with, um, just trying to build connections, building relationships with other people that I knew were doing well with their marketing strategy, because then I could start to learn from them. And then as I learned things, um, I started holding, you know, like webinars and video series and things like that. We don't like to use the word webinar anymore, but workshops, um, you know, and things like that, that allowed me to build some like street cred <laughs> in the business world. And then once I had that going for me, then 
We've started to um, market like smaller products of mine and run some Facebook ads. The Facebook ads have been amazing for me. And there are a lot of people that'll be like, grow organically. You can do it. It's fine. And I'm like, it's, it's really hard work though. Like it's really hard work. And so I do all of those strategies as well to continue to grow organically. I don't rely solely on Facebook ads, but that has been a huge game changer for me and my business and um, growing my opt-in. I mean, gosh, I just think of, I'm, I would go months with two or three people signing up for my opt-in when I was just running off like Pinterest pins and verbal communication and marketing that way. And once I started running Facebook ads, I mean, we're, I think like 300 or more leads a month, which is awesome. And we're running a fairly low budget Facebook ad, you know? And so it's been, it's been really an interesting growth process for me. And I feel like I'm learning, learning a lot, but just focusing on building relationships with your consumers and with your, with your peers that you look up to and learning from them and their strategies. And, um, I've found really good success with marketing low ticket, low ticket items that lead people into, into the bigger funnel, like just having an actual sales funnel. And people use that word all the time. And I'm like, I don't know what that means. Like, I don't know what to have in my funnel, but, um, basically just, it's a roadmap. You know what I mean? Like how to get your people from doing your free opt-in to your higher ticket, ticket items and working them all the way through, all the way through and building that relationship as you go. And so that's my main, main marketing strategy right now is just focusing on giving good content and good value and using you along the way. <laughs> um, you mentioned a couple of things that are so important. The relationships are, you could pour all of your time, energy, money into your market, but marketing, but if you don't build those relationships, then it will all crumble eventually. So that is a huge part. And then the other piece is the the time versus money. Yes. And the way that the algorithms function is there hits a point in most people's business where the organic reach starts to slow down and it gets really hard and you can continue going for sure. But just the way that the algorithms are today, it has almost become a pay to play model that they're trying to encourage once you've hit a certain point. And um, I don't, I, as a marketing strategist would not encourage people to start paying before they've hit that point, definitely do your organic reach. But once you've hit your kind of maps with the organic, it can be really amazing what happens as you have shown with your small tickets and your, your lead magnets, everything. Yeah. You've also done a lot of Pinterest work, right? I have done um, a lot of Pinterest work, um, just pinning my podcast episodes on there. Um, I pin my work with me page, my blog posts, like just trying to generate as much traffic as I can that way. And honestly, I don't see a ton of traffic yet from that. I had a quiz that really took off on there. People are loving quizzes that gives you like ideal self-care type. And that one went crazy on, on Pinterest um, for a while. And uh, yeah, so just, 
I kind of have dabbled in things, but once you find something that works, just stick with it. That's my number one strategy. And if it's not broke, don't fix it. Like just ride it out. (laughs) Definitely good advice. Is there any other pieces of your business that we haven't touched and you would like to share with the audience? Oh my gosh. No, I think, I think we've kind of talked about it all. (laughs) Okay. Then rapid fire. What's your favorite social media platform? Ooh, Instagram. Mm -hmm. And your favorite tool or software that you use in your business or app if you want. Ooh, I honestly, I really like Kajabi. (laughs) Oh, I haven't got that one before. (laughs) Yeah. It's just, it makes it so easy to, to house everything all in once and, you know, or all in one place and I can, yep. It's just user-friendly. I just like it. Absolutely. And then what piece of advice would you give to someone who's just starting their journey? Don't give up. It's slow and it's a marathon, not a sprint. And I guarantee you the people that you see that exploded overnight didn't actually explode overnight. Um, You're going to hear a lot of stories of people that went from making $30 a month to making $3,000 a month, or they went from making $5,000 a month to, you know, 10,000. And you're going to hear all these stories, but the, the key to all of those success stories is that they started from the same place you did and they, they didn't give up when things didn't go right or some, you know, a bump in the road came like just keep going. If you are willing to put in the work success, success will find you. You just have to pivot and keep, keep going. I love that. Well, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast. If people would like to find you, where can they go? Um, you can find me at marissarader.com or on Instagram at marissa.rader. And that's mainly where I hang out. Awesome. I will make sure your app and your website and your Instagram, everything is linked in the show notes below. So thanks again for being on. Awesome. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for listening to this week's inspiring story. If you'd like to share your story with us, then head to marketscalegrow.com forward slash journey and complete the quick application form. Then head to our community at marketscalegrow.com forward slash community so you can join our group of inspiring teacherpreneurs who are working on growing and scaling their businesses too. See you soon.